It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Friday, April 29th. And well, we started this show in October. Uh, it's, it never felt like it would get here, the final day of the regular season, and it is finally here. Thank fucking God it's here. That's all I got to say, because I have had the playoff itch for weeks. Like, I'm used to seeing the playoffs starting by now. We're, like, almost done the first round, usually, so... Uh, I am ready for the playoffs, more than ready. But before we get there, we have one more day of regular season NHL hockey to analyze from a betting perspective. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and great to have back with us, Brett McLean, uh, joining us here, a man that played the game for many, many years. Uh, Brett, welcome back to the Ice Guys, and uh, good to have you with us again. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Absolutely. And uh, Alex as well. I mean, we were talking off air just before the show began. This is one of those days where you throw out records, you throw out matchups. This is all about who's interested, who's not, who's in the lineup, who's not. That's your pathway to profits on a day like this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, you've got a bunch of different storylines for different teams. You've got, obviously, players possibly playing their last games in some, some instances. Of course, we're going to talk about Rick Jenneret calling his final game. You've got teams that, you know, are looking to, you know, set their vacation and tea times already. You've got teams that want to just get things sharpened up for the playoffs. You've got a couple teams that are actually looking to try to get home ice. Uh, so there's a lot going on in the last day. It always, always is. It's always a, it's a fun time. And the thing is with betting is that you have to almost treat it slightly like you do the regular season or opener, the home opening night. 
you can't just jump in on everything. Now, I, I have personally, I have six plays on my card as of right now. And there's a, some other things I like that I'll talk about during the show. But more often than not, sometimes there's been years where I've passed on the last day of the year, you know, because sometimes, like I said, every situation is different. And you, you can't always just take into consideration what you've seen, even from the last couple of weeks. Uh, you have to really kind of do a little bit more homework for these these finale days in any sport, uh, honestly, in my opinion. So it's uh, been a lot to break down and, and we're going to get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, it's uh, there's some days you love the final day. You got a lot of plays and some that's just there's nothing that stands out. And, you know, people could have a different opinion on that one way or another. No question about that. All right. We got 15 games. It's time to get down to business here. We will start with the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo minus 135 home favorites here in this game. Six and a half the total. And the first thing that obviously stands out is final home game for the Buffalo Sabres. And as Alex mentioned the very final broadcast and call for Rick Jenneret 51 years with the Buffalo Sabres. Can you imagine that being in the same job uh, for more than half a century? That's incredible. And, and that's Rick Jenneret here with the Buffalo Sabres. He is the reason, and I've said this before, everyone knows it. I grew up a Sabre fan, not because I Pat LaFontaine was a tremendous player and I, you know, I enjoyed his talent on the ice or anything like it wasn't one player that made me a Sabre fan. It was listening to Rick Jenneret because I thought he was entertaining as shit. The guy always, you know, energetic, passionate, you know, you enjoy. And I did this on the show I was on earlier uh, with Jimmy the Bag, my good friend. I'm throwing out some Rick Jenneret imitations right now. Let's go. LaFontaine. There you go for the Buffalo Sabres. There, a little Rick Jenneret for you. Derek Roy, top shelf where Mama hides the cookies on the power play. Buffalo takes the lead. There you go. Little Rick Jenneret. Uh, and that's honestly how he sound sounded all these years. Like he would just use his vocal cords extremely powerfully uh, and just, you know, and I, that's why I'm, I'm amazed that uh, he survived the throat cancer that he had. I'm sure the way he's broadcasted all these years had something to do with that, but he's just an incredibly tough son of a gun. He's beloved in the community. The organization loves him, reveres Rick Jenneret. Uh, all the fans do. He always takes time to sign autographs and all that. This is a beloved figure, and the fact that this is going to be his final call, it's going to be a special night in Buffalo, and they're packing the building again, just like a few weeks ago when they had the ceremony for Rick Jenneret when they played Nashville, and we saw the Sabres played that night. They, they came out strong, flying in the opening period. They took an early lead. They ended up winning 4-3, so I suspect more of the same here. Uh, Chicago, you know, they took care of business in their final two home games. They wanted to win those. Uh, and now it's it's ironic that Buffalo's playing Chicago because Chicago said goodbye to Pat Foley a couple weeks ago with his final call. And now the shoe's on the other foot here. I like Buffalo early and often. Uh, I took them actually minus a half in the first period uh, at a good plus price. You can actually get Buffalo minus a half plus 165 uh, in the first period. I took the money line here minus 120. It's up to minus 125, minus 130 in some spots. Uh, those are the two bets for me right there. Uh, Sabres first period puck line and a full game uh, money line on them. If you wanted extra value, you could go Sabres full game money line as well, or puck line, I should say, as well. But I'm just going to stick to the money line here uh, with the Buffalo Sabres in this one, as well as the first period. I think they jump out strong, just like they did against Nashville. They jumped on Nashville that night with a full building. And look, these, these, these Sabres players, they've had a nice month or two. They've played better hockey. Thompson, Tuck, Skinner, everyone. They really got fired up to play in front of a packed 
sellout crowd that last time. I think it just gave them a whole nother level of energy. And I think it's going to do that here tonight as well uh, in this final home game and final call for Rick Jenneret against uh, the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. Uh, Brett, let's start with you. What do you think here, Chicago Buffalo? Yeah, I like Buffalo too in this one. I think young team, um, they have a little bit more to play for in the sense there's guys trying to get jobs for next year. Um, they have been rolling lately, so I like them in this game. Finding a nothing game at the end of the year, the home team usually has a little bit more juice. Um, so Buffalo money line for sure. And then if you know you want to take a, a shot at something, I think based on the energy that's going to be in the crowd, um, Jenneret's last game, I think highest scoring period at plus 350 is the period one. I think they're, they're going to come out and put up a few in the first. I think Chicago might get a couple as well. And then the game will probably settle down in the second and third. But I could see a, you know, a high scoring first period and then, you know, might be a way to, to make some money on a, on a flyer pick. So. Yeah, the good stuff. And I should have known you, uh, Brett would be on the Sabres wearing the rock and the Buffalo Bills hat today. But uh, I don't know if that would have played into, into it. But nevertheless, it uh, makes perfect sense to like the Sabres tonight with the Buffalo Bills hat. No doubt about that. Buffalo for you. And I like that bet. High scoring period, first period. Because the Sabres just, what did they score? Three goals, I think, that first period against Nashville on RJ ceremony night a few weeks back. So kind of does make sense that maybe we'll see a bunch of goals early. Is that maybe a sign that maybe a first period over for our first period over uh, friend Alex B. Smith? Is that what he's looking at? What do you think? I had it circled, but it ballooned quickly. It's up to minus $1.50, so I probably will be playing that in-game, trying to get a, a better price for it. But I really like the play you have with that uh, puck line first period for Boston, or Buffalo, I should say, at, at plus 165. I think that's a really good price. So I'm going to play that as well as I already played Buffalo in regulation plus $1.20. Uh, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. And you even talked about it yesterday about how uh, people who are at the game, they can download an app and if they bring their headphones, can listen to uh, Rich Generate's call live like in the stadium. So there's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be doing that. And it's just going to be an electric atmosphere. And, you know, from a nostalgic point of view, there's two other things that I had circled, but one probably won't happen now because they're, they're listing Michael Hauser who got called up from Rochester as a potential starter. I was hoping to see Craig Anderson start because if, if he did, we could possibly be, be talking about his last NHL game. You know, he's 40, going to be 41 years old in the summer. And he's, uh, you know, he's from the Chicagoland area. So what better way for him to have possibly in his career against the team that not only he grew up rooting for, but drafted him as well and where he started his career. So I was really hoping for that, but I we still don't know if that is confirmed. I'm seeing Hauser uh, listed at goalie post. So if, if it is Anderson, that, that yeah, I like it even more. Uh, and then on the flip side with the Hawks, I mean, their season's well past done. More likely going to be Colin Delia net, who's been awful this year. And, you know, more quotes from Jonathan Taves the other day in, in his presser really sounding like he might not be back with the Hawks. And, and I said this about a few months ago. I had that gut feeling that when he came back and he'd been struggling, you know, hadn't scored a goal and it was like 25 games at one point. I'm thinking this is, this is probably it for him. He's got health issues, different things, and he's accomplished everything that he could possibly could in his career. So this might be the last night we see number 19, the captain in a Hawks uniform. Last time we see him alongside Patrick Kane. So it's a, it could be an emotional night on, on at both ends of the ice. Definitely the game. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm going to be uh, recording this game for sure. Cause uh, it definitely feels like this is, you know, the end of an era on both ends potentially, but Buffalo at home, uh, it's gonna. They. This is definitely their night. This is Rick's night. So they, I think they're gonna show up and get two points here. So I like yeah. Buffalo regulation and first period. Yeah, and it played out perfectly last night. Why I was concerned about them against Boston last night, knowing they had this big night on tap 
tonight. And they kind of, I don't want to say mailed it in against the Bruins, but you could tell, I think they had their eyes set more on tonight and this big night for Rick Jenneret in their final home game. So I expect to see a really good uh, performance tonight from the Buffalo Sabres here. All right, next game, we've got Washington Capitals, New York Rangers. Uh, even money, both sides, minus 110. Uh, the total five and a half here across the board. Uh, how about the Capitals losing not once but twice in a row to the uh, New York Islanders? So that's not good. That's not what you want to see if you're Peter Laviolette trying to go into the playoffs on a high note. Now, I get it. You know, Ovechkin missed those two games. Understandable. You miss him. You know, he's a guy that's been phenomenal every year, and we know what a threat uh, he is to score each and every night. But you've got Mantha, you've got Wilson, you've got Kuznetsov, you've got Oshie, you've got more than enough offensive talent still uh, to, to, to lose to the Islanders back-to-back -back games. Uh, that's not great. So the scenario here is very simple. Penguins will clinch the number three seed in the Metro division and a first round series against the Rangers. Uh, and the Washington Capitals will clinch the second wild card in a first round matchup against Florida. If the Penguins get at least one point against Columbus tonight, or uh, if the uh, Rangers defeat the Capitals in any fashion capitals to move up to the three seed in the Metro, uh, they would need to defeat the Rangers and get the blue jackets to beat the Penguins in regulation. Uh, that's what it's going to take. So it would take a lot. So Washington could still theor theoretically move up, but the chances of that are unlikely. I'm staying off the side. I don't trust the Capitals without Ovi. But the Rangers, uh, they're looking toward the playoffs. Now, they rested Fox, Kreider, Sabanajad. They all didn't play against Montreal. They're all back tonight. The only two players that are not going to play are Andrew Kopp and Artemi Panarin, and that is injury-related. Uh, for the New York Rangers in that game. But the, the guys they rested on Wednesday against Montreal, uh, they will all be in the lineup tonight. Alexander Georgiev confirmed in net for the Rangers, which we expected. No way did I expect uh, Igor Shosturkin to start this uh, rather meaningless final game of the regular season for the Rangers. We don't know if it'll be Samsonov or Vanacek yet for Washington. But what I do like is over five and a half in this game. I like it. I'll take advantage of it. We expect, I'd expect the Capitals to at least chip in on the scoreboard against Georgiev, who gave up four uh, in the loss to the Canadians the other night. I think Washington could get some kind of offense going, even though they struggled to put the puck in the net against the Islanders. And on the flip side, I think the Rangers can find their way to some goals tonight. They usually do. They even scored some goals without all those guys against Montreal. Now you get Fox, Panarin, Kreider back. And I don't trust the Washington defense and goaltending fully. So, Low total, over five and a half. That's what I'm looking at here. Alex, what do you think? Capitals, Rangers. Yeah, I jumped on that five and a half. Once I saw Georgiev uh, was confirmed. And like you said, you, you know, you can't trust Washington on the side when there's no Ovechkin. Uh, and the Rangers, like I said, still trying to rest some guys. And, and, and you know, the thing we might see, I don't know if this is uh, as common. And, Brett, maybe you could ch chime in on this at the end of the season. Obviously, we see teams will rest players, you know, scratch guys. But, do you know we might see potentially maybe minutes limits for certain guys as well? So guys that might you know might you know maybe take off a couple shifts or two or, or not be assigned as many shifts in the final game, getting ready for postseason as we would during the regular season. Uh, I'm not sure, but if that were a case, I wouldn't be shocked if the Rangers maybe you know kind of uh, employed some kind of a strategy like that, maybe kind of rotate guys a little bit more than usual. But either way, I, I still think with the goaltending matchup, we still see. Oh, well over five and a half and a cheap, pretty cheap price to only land minus a dollar 20. Unmute myself. There we go. Brett, what do you think your capitals Rangers? Yeah, I, I like the over as well. I think Rangers don't have much to play for. Um, you know, they're going to be trying to feel good, get in the playoffs, you know, get their power play going, but they're not going to be 
you know, they're not going to be laying out the block shots. They're trying to stay healthy in this game. Um, Caps, I mean, obviously they want to win, try and give themselves a shot at moving up, but knowing that it's not a guarantee, again, they're going to be wanting to just feel good about themselves, get rolling, um, reduce the risk of injury. So I think it'll be a more flowing game than than what we'll see next week, which usually leads to more goals, um, especially if Gorgiev in that. So I think that, you know, the over is great. Um, from there, I don't know. You look at a few guys on power play points, um, you know, try and get their points, get themselves going that way. But, uh, yeah, I see a high-scoring game. I don't know which way it's going to go. It really depends, I think, on how – how it starts, you know, if Washington gets up early, they're going to probably play for that win. If, if it's tight or Rangers get up early, my, both teams might just settle into let's get ready for playoffs. And we are where we are. Yeah. You know what? Go ahead. Alex. Oh, I was just going to say, no, that, that was, uh, just to reiterate what I was saying earlier, though, is that something that we, that we do, could possibly see from teams where, you know, the minutes are, are kind of spread out a bit more in the, in these final games. Is that, is that something that, that takes yeah. place, you know, yeah. Definitely. I think, you know, I mean, like I said, I think you'll see regular power play units and you're still playing a win and guys have pride. They want to win the game, but you know, from a coaching standpoint, you're, you're trying to reduce risk of injury from your top guys, especially top defensemen, which also mm-hmm. can lead to more goals. Like you'll see your number one shutdown guys will play a little bit less. So um, it's, it's a night where, you know, it depends on the game and who's playing, but if everyone's in a lamp, you might see more goals than usual. And the nights where, um, there's a lot of young guys in the lineup. They're trying to earn spots. You might see a lot of unders. So it just depends on, on rosters really for, for when you're looking at over and under tonight. Yeah. What, what, and you mentioned the defenseman, Brett, that especially the top defenseman, you might see their minutes scaled back. Well, the two standouts, one for either team is are Adam Fox for the Rangers, John Carlson for Washington. You know, these are obviously two guys where guess what? Maybe take the under 22, 23 minutes that they play tonight. Maybe, uh, in this game, maybe you won't see. Maybe they'll barely hit twenty. Maybe they won't even hit twenty. You know, some of these guy uh, players, especially on the blue line, as you said. And I've said this too a bunch of times in a meaningless game. Who the hell is blocking a shot? You know, it, w- especially next with the playoffs right around the corner uh, next week. That's why this has historically been, you know, a high-scoring night. You know, the final uh, day of the regular season. So we'll see if that is indeed the case, pretty much across the board. As far as props go, Vitrano up to the top line for the Rangers. You know that that's always an interesting prop look for me. And look, he has points in back-to-back games. He scored against Montreal. He's going to get top-line minutes tonight. That's not a bad consideration if you like props here, and I do. Uh, Vitrano, those are great spots when the guy moves up the lineup. Lafreniere has started to pick things up. He's on the second line with Philip Hedo, Capococco tonight. So there's a consideration. And Connor Sheary for Washington could get top-line minutes with Kuznetsov and Oshie tonight for the uh, Washington Capitals. And uh, if you look at Sheary... He scored two goals in the last four games, and he has picked up four points in the last four games as well for the Capitals. And now he's on the top line. You get great prop value, you know, goal score prop points, uh, shots on goal. You could look at that as well. So those are great situations, in my opinion, for prop betting, getting those players moving up the lineup. And you've got that in a couple of cases here in this game. All right, Detroit, New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey minus 155 home favorite, six and a half the total. Uh, New Jersey, keep an eye on who's going to be in because they've really had their issues with uh, players out of the lineup. They've had the flu bug going through the team the last week or so. 
Hughes is obviously shut down for the rest of the season. Uh, P.K. Subban was out Thursday against Carolina due to that flu situation. Same with Andreas Janssen. He didn't play. Nico Heeshear didn't play against uh, Kakalaki either. Uh, definitely a lot of people out of the lineup for New Jersey. Will they be back? I'm reading game time decision with a lot of these guys tonight for this final game against Detroit. I mean, until I know they're in the lineup for sure, I can't take New Jersey. I would only take New Jersey because I'm not taking Detroit here on the road in this final game, a team that's lost a bunch of games in a row now going on the road here. Uh, if New Jersey's mildly interested and at least gets some of their uh, personnel back, I think I could see them winning this game against a uh, Red Wings team that's uh, you know struggling at the moment. Three of their last four they've lost. I shouldn't say five-game losing streak. They've lost uh, three of their last four. But I think New Jersey does bring it tonight. They lost at home to Detroit last weekend, 3-0. They only had 17 shots on goal. It was a Awful, awful game. I think the flu, though, was part of that. They didn't have a lot of energy. Hard to play when you got just you're nauseous and you're sick to your stomach. Very difficult. Uh, and they had that issue against Detroit. So I think New Jersey wins. I don't like the price, though, and I need to see who's in the lineup. Totals-wise, I'd only lean to the over uh, in this game just because you got two non-playoff teams, two bad defensive teams. I don't really trust uh, either one necessarily at the defensive end so we could see some goals here in this one if i'm going to look at anything for devil's props i'd take a shot again with boquist brat and holtz that top line uh holtz just got called up he's a seventh overall pick two years ago 2020 draft he's playing on the top line you know you're going to get prop value with him i know against carolina we didn't see him produce but this ain't Carolina you're playing tonight. <laughs> this is Detroit. So I think there's some opportunities for that top line in particular. You go to with Brat, Boquist, Holtz on that top line from a prop standpoint. I think those are decent ways to uh, consider uh, some prop looks for the Devils here tonight. Uh, Brett, anything you like here, Detroit, New Jersey? Um, biggest thing for me, I think you're looking at a couple anytime scores. I'd probably go with Brat, um, Tyler Bertuzzi. You know, the plus 150. Um, more Cider to get a point over 0.5. Um, I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Um, you know, I don't know who's going to win. I think it really depends. You could go, you could take a shot on wings right now with the plus money um, just because New Jersey has so many question marks. And, you know, being this time of year, if there are question marks, more likely to sit out than they are to play, especially with them not making the playoffs. But, uh, probably not touching the line on, on this game either way. So just sticking with a few scores, guys like Bertuzzi and Brat that are pretty consistent and will want to finish the year strong and then Cider to get one more point, try and solidify himself for uh, rookie of the year. Keep your eye on Fabian Zetterlund too. We've talked about this guy. He's uh, New Jersey. He's now down on the third line. He was on the top line for a bit. I think they moved him down because he had, I think, five straight games without a point. Well, look at the last two games, and he's been on the third line doing this for New Jersey. Five shots on goal against Ottawa. He got a point. Six shots on goal last night against Carolina. He scored a goal uh, in that game. So 11 shots the last two games for Fabian Zetterlund on that third line for New Jersey. Keep an eye on him. I think that might be someone to consider. Really good bargain there. Like even on the third line, he's getting shots. He's getting chances. He's got a point now in back-to-back -back games, a goal last night. Fabian Zetterland, I think, worth a look too. Alex, what do you think here, Red Wings Devils? This is a clear pass for me. I mean, we, we could see this one be a complete track meet because, you know, just kind of rolling the puck out, playing for, you know, final game of the year. Or this could be uh, an absolute dull uh, snooze fest. So I, I, I want nothing to do with this. It's a huge card. I don't want anything in, in this game. 
All right, Ottawa, Philadelphia. Next up, we've got uh, even money both sides here. Uh, minus 110, the total in this game currently sitting at uh, six and a half, uh, pretty much across the board. This is one where I don't have a strong take. It's probably going to be a pass for me when it comes to uh, this game. Ottawa, like if Ottawa didn't play better than they did last night in their home finale, albeit a good Florida team, but a Florida team that had no Barkov, no Huberto, no Weekar uh, on the blue line. Uh, Forsling didn't play. Uh, you know, it was a mash unit for the Florida Panthers last night who was out of the lineup, and they went in Ottawa and shut out the Ottawa Senators in their final, in Ottawa's final home game. Giroux didn't play last night. I mean, it was uh, a bunch of guys, Gudis on the blue line, and Florida still shuts out Ottawa. I'm not ready to trust Ottawa now to, after that performance to go on the road now uh, and play better. I, I don't. I thought last night was supposed to be their spot to step up. They didn't. And for Philadelphia, they're not playing well. They had a brutal two games on the road against Winnipeg and Chicago back-to-back. Getting outscored 7-1, to one, you guys, by Chicago and Winnipeg. That's tough to do. But somehow the Flyers did that uh, in those last two games. It's hard to trust them, but look, it's their final game, final home game. I always say this, the non-playoff teams, when they're playing each other, I usually give the edge to the home team, especially when it's their final home game like it is for Philadelphia. But I sure as hell am not taking them either. It's just that's going to keep me off taking Ottawa because Philly's playing uh, their final home game. It looks like goaltending matchup tonight uh, in this game is going to be for Ottawa, Anton Forsberg, maybe Martin Jones for Philadelphia, although it's not confirmed yet. Again, this is over or pass with these two non-playoff teams. But other than that, not a strong opinion for me compared to other games on this card. Alex, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, and I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be on my card either. If I if I were to lean with anybody, it probably would be Ottawa because I mean, what you mentioned. Yeah, okay, they struggled against Florida, and yeah, even a, a, a half-assed fifty percent Florida team could beat Ottawa. They're they're that good. Philadelphia Flyers are nowhere near uh, that same level. So Philly, even being at home, I mean, it's been an absolute disaster of a season for them. So. Uh, you know, maybe this is where Ottawa can, can step up. I don't, I, if, if Philly goes down early in this one, uh, Ottawa might might end up – sorry, sirens passing. It, uh, Ottawa might end up being uh, the side to look at. So I'm probably going to be looking at maybe an in-game spot here. Maybe take a shot for Ottawa to score first goal. And if Philadelphia, you know, kind of, you know, watch and see if their body language is, you know, hey, let's, you know, just get through these last, you know, 60 minutes and be done with it, then uh, you might be able to get some next-to-score next props uh, cash with Ottawa, and that might even be more profitable than trying to take a, a side pregame. All right, good stuff. And by the way, I'm back on the Noah Cates prop bandwagon tonight for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's moving up to the second line. He, I, I went to the well with him in the two road games against Chicago and Winnipeg. He didn't do much. But at home, he's been producing for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. He had two goals, I believe, against Pittsburgh uh, when they beat the uh, Penguins uh, late in this last weekend. Yeah, he had two goals, one assist, three points. Uh, in that 4-1 win against Pittsburgh. He had two points in a home game against Buffalo. Uh, he's been showing up on home ice, Noah Cates, and now he's going to play on the second line tonight for the Flyers. You're going to get a nice plus 300 or so goal score prop on him. A point prop is going to be a nice price there. Noah Cates for Philly. Back to it tonight, especially now at home where he's been producing offensively for them. Brett, what do you like here, Ottawa and Philly? Yeah, I'm, I'm not touching this game either. Um, if I had to pick, I think I do think Ottawa is going to win. I think they're a young team, kind of similar to Buffalo. I think they want to finish the year strong. Um, all in all, I think they've done better than expectations on the year. And, you know, I think they're moving in the right direction. So they're going to want to stamp their season um, in a positive. Philly's been a mess. Philly was predicted to be a top team and 
have fallen down the wagon. They're probably going to rebuild anyway. So I would take Ottawa if I had to. Um, I'd probably be looking at player props. Usually in a game like this, I like to look for young guys that probably going to get a better opportunity. Um, guy like Owen Tippett, plus 350 to score anytime goal. Um, they're probably going to give him a shot tonight to play more than normal. So you look at him. Um, Stutzel's plus 230 to score an anytime goal. So I'd probably take both those guys and, and see what they can do. Um, I think it's just one of those games where young guys are some young guys going to come out and, and put up a couple goals and um, it'd be profitable for someone that takes that chance. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you, you mentioned a couple of decent candidates, no doubt. Tippett. Tippett was a nice, you know, piece sent to uh, Philly in the Claude Giroux deal. So uh, definitely a, a nice addition. And I, I think someone will be an impact long term for the organization, no question. Uh, for them but yeah this is definitely a good goal score prop you know player prop type of game I think if you if you take a look at some goal score props it's worth a look make sure you shop around I'm seeing as high as plus 370 to score a goal on Noah Cates I really like that one like he's second line he, he's been producing at home uh, for the uh, Flyers lately uh, so definitely going to get good value and tip it plus you know in that 300 range as well so again you can shop around you can get some good uh, numbers uh, with a few of these uh, player props definitely especially in the goal scorers market here in this game uh, no question all right we move along now Boston and Toronto uh, Bruins and Leafs could this be a first round playoff series it still could be if the chips fall perfectly tonight uh, Boston minus 130 uh, road favorites in Toronto, total six. And the reason for Boston being favored in Toronto is the lineup situation for the Leafs tonight. It's load management night for the Leafs, even though this is their final regular season game and final home game. Michael Bunting out, Mitch Marner out, Austin Matthews out, John Tavares out uh, for the Leafs tonight. So it's going to be a little bit of a mishmash roster uh, as far as the depth chart goes. But this opens the door for good prop opportunities for this game. Like as far as the side and total goes, I don't have a strong feel. Uh, you know, with uh, Swayman and Shalgren being the two goalies. We know Jeremy Swayman, our guy Jimmy Murphy, covers the Bruins, has been saying it for months. He's not been as good as Allmark. You know, that's why Allmark's been getting all the starts for Boston. Jeremy Swayman's kind of regressed a little bit. And Eric Shalgren, you know, he is what he is. He's uh, decent at times, but, you know, not as good as Jack Campbell. There could be some goals tonight, but I would just probably rather focus on some props in a game like this, especially from Toronto's perspective. Because you're going to see guys moving up the lineup. Like, why don't you take advantage of Colin Blackwell playing on the second line tonight with uh, Engvall and Camp, Or take advantage of uh, Alex Kerfoot getting top-line duty tonight for the Leafs with William Nylander and Ilya Mikheyev. I've been singing the praises of Ilya Mikheyev for weeks. The prop the prop bets keep cashing on, with this guy. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Goal score, props, points. Ilya Mikheyev has had a breakout year for this Leaf team. Uh, I think probably worth a look again tonight. You could look at Kerfoot because he's moving up to the top line. You could look at Colin Blackwell because he's moving up to the second line. These are all positive expectation prop betting situations for me when these guys move up the lineup. I'd look at some of that in this game rather than the uh, side or the total. Sure, certainly looks like Boston's taking this game a bit more seriously. Now you could say conspiracy theory. Do you want to play Toronto? Do you want to play Carolina? You'd have to ask. Posternock, Bergeron, all these guys, that Taylor Hall, you know, it's just conjecture. It's just, you know, you think they want to play this team in the first round. You don't know that. You haven't asked them. You don't know their opinions. So it's just guesswork on your part. But it does look like Boston's going to have more of a full lineup tonight. Nobody's rested. Hampus Lindholm's in. Posternock's in. Bergeron, Marshawn, DeBrusque, they're all in tonight. So 
there's a reason Boston's taking the money. I'm just not going to get involved with it, though. Alex, what do you think here? Bruins leaves. Well, you know, and like I said, yeah, we don't know the where the the you know motivation exactly is at for Boston of who they would want to play, and obviously, you know, they'll never tell you. They would, you know, they want to play anybody anytime, anywhere. But one thing to note is that Boston and Carolina have played in back-to-back postseasons. Boston's won both series, but this particular year, Carolina three and zero against Boston, and they've outscored them seventeen to one. So wow, that's something. They, I something knew it was bad it. against yeah. Carolina head to head. That's really so bad. That's yeah. something. So that's something to note. So with Boston and Toronto, and the thing that it's interesting, and I wish, I wish the NHL was kind of more just kind of focused on things sometimes because if you look at obviously this is the last last night of the season. At 6.30 Central, so 7.30 Eastern, is when Tampa Bay and the Islanders start. Well, that game's really important to this Boston-Toronto game because, obviously, however, you know, that uh, will determine, along with whatever happens with Boston-Toronto, who's in third. Uh, but more things are reliant on that Tampa-Islanders game, honestly. So they should have really flip-flopped these so that game could start earlier than this one. But I digress. That being said, I think yes, I Boston's agree. the way to look at because Boston, you know, they don't really they can't be really be scoreboard watching the games, you know, starting 30 minutes ahead of them. They can got to say, hey, let's go in and take care of business ourselves. We win this game, then we get Toronto. And, you know, it's one of those games too where if we see, say, Boston take a two-nothing lead or Toronto take a two-nothing lead, I might look and jump in with a live under. Because if we see a team decisively go on and, and, and play and, and win, especially if it's Boston, because they know they're going to play Toronto, at that point, they're going to probably just shut everything down. You don't want to show your hand the rest of the way because you're going to be playing them in, in three days and four days. So uh, so that's something I'm, I'm going to be looking for. I want to see if, if one of those two teams take a, a sizable lead early, I'm going to look to jump in with a live under. Yeah, it's a but, but the, there's a couple scenarios like Lightning get a point against the Islanders and the Leafs defeat the Bruins in any fashion. Tampa gets the third seed. Uh, you know, there's just there's a bunch of permutations that are too comp. You know, there's a bunch of different things that have to go. The easiest thing to say is uh, Lightning end up getting getting a win in any fashion tonight against the Islanders. They get the three spot in the Atlantic and Bo- and they'll play Toronto. Boston will play Carolina. Uh, and again, Boston's been destroyed by Carolina this year. Could that be a reason why they want to play hard and get out of that Carolina matchup? I don't know. We don't know that. You'd have to ask them, and we can't don't have the ability to uh, do that. Brett, I'll ask you: Is there something to do? Players actually want to play a certain team? Do, do they give not? Is it really not that big of a deal? You're a good person to ask. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you you look through matchups, and um, you know, there's teams you'd rather play than not. Um, but at the same time, I think players are pretty superstitious and pretty prideful, and I don't think you'll see teams purposely lose to play someone else because I think a lot of times they feel like that bites them in the ass on the way out. Um, the Bruins team, obviously that core, they've had success against the Leafs in the playoffs too. So I don't think they're too concerned. Um, they've had success against both in the playoffs. So I don't think they're too concerned who they play. Um, they've been a really strong team. So they're pretty confident. I think they're going to go out there tonight and try and do their business and, and get a win and see what happens in the Tampa game and go from there, um, get themselves feeling good heading into playoffs. Um, I like the under in this game. Um, I got it at 6.5 earlier, which I really like. I think with the Leafs sitting out so many guys, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I actually also like Bruins at the puck line. It's plus 200 right now. I think I see them winning by more than one. I think they're going to try and make a statement. I don't think it's going to be a real high-scoring game, maybe 3-1-4-1. But that's kind of what I'm looking at tonight. All right, so that's Bruins puck line, which again, plus 200. That is a good price on that if you like it. Uh, and you can get uh, under six and a half here, minus 120. 
uh, with the uh, Leafs and the Bruins. So side end total for Brett McLean, like in both here in this one. All right, we move on to Florida and Montreal. Florida minus 260, road favorites, seven the total uh, in this game. So the last time, you know, I, I took Ottawa. I'll admit it. Uh, obviously, if they got shut out, they couldn't do anything against uh, Florida last night. <coughs> Excuse me. And it has me worried uh, a little bit about tonight. You know, do I really want to come back and bet against Florida again tonight? But the situation is a little bit different tonight. Last night, there was still a President's Trophy available to be won. And Florida took care of business against Ottawa. They got the Nashville shootout win against Colorado. And as a result, Florida is now President's Trophy uh, recipients. They've got it now. So there legitimately is absolutely nothing tangible on the line tonight for the Florida Panthers. Uh, in this game. Now, credit to them without Barkov, Huberto, uh, Gudis, uh, Forsling, Lundell, uh, and a bunch of others. They still beat Ottawa last night. Can they do it again tonight? Now, do we have confirmation? The question the same guys are out. They're all game time decisions, apparently. These same group of players Barkov, Forsling, Giroux, Gudis, Huberto. I got to imagine, though, if they sat last night, with a chance to still clinch the president's trophy, which they ended up doing anyway, why would they play tonight? You know, so I've got to think they're not going to be in. I, I would only look Montreal here. Look, it is their final home game. And Gary Price is going to start uh, tonight, it looks like, for the uh, Canadians. He's confirmed it's his final game. Will it be his final game, period? That's a legitimate question. Yeah, There's rumblings, you know, is he going to be in Montreal next year? And Never mind just is he going to be with another team next year. He may not even be in hockey next year. He might choose to retire. It's been a trying year. You know, all the phys the injuries he's had, the mental struggles he's had, which we cannot uh, understate. That's serious stuff. You, you got to look. You got to tend to it. You know, when you're battling things in your life, uh, mental health is very important. There's a reason why people emphasize that a lot these days. It is important to take care of that. And he's had issues with that all year. So, And you look at it, his performance, I'm not going to criticize him. He's been through a lot, but he struggled a little bit since he's uh, been back. You know, tracking pucks, lateral movement, you know, rebound control, the things you need to be, at, you know, an upper echelon goaltender. He's kind of struggled in a lot of those areas since he's come back uh, in these uh, several handful of starts that he's had. So, you know, this 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 might be, you know, maybe the last time we see Carey Price, maybe it certainly could be the last time we see him in a Montreal Canadiens uh, jersey as well. So uh, interesting game. I still lean Montreal, the final home game for them. You know, I think they want to put a better game on the ice tonight than the last time they were in this building, which was the Guy Lafleur night, paying tribute to the legend. And they didn't play all that well against Boston. I'm going to go with Montreal here. First period, full game, money line split uh, in this game. Uh, the first period money line is plus 175. Full game money line plus 220, plus 230 uh, in some spots. Big dog, I think it's worth a look, though, uh, in this game against with the uh, Florida Panthers taking on uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Brett, we'll start with you on this one, Panthers and Canadiens. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over Montreal on this one, too. I think home game, um, probably priced as last game with the Canadiens. Same thing, a lot of young guys trying to earn spots for next year. Um, they have, you know, they've locked up last place, so they got the highest percentage on the lottery already. So there's not there's not that thought of oh they want to lose so they can have that. Like they've just got some pride to play for tonight, um, home game. And Florida has nothing to play for. They've already locked up President's Trophy. I don't see those guys playing tonight. Um, 
you know, why would you rest them one night, play them the next when when there's nothing left to play for? There's even less on the line. There's absolutely less exactly. on the line for Florida so, tonight. Yep. I think we're going to see a pretty filled in Florida lineup. Um, and with that value, I think it's worth Montreal on the money line. All right, there we go. Uh, Brett right in uh, step with me here on this one, thinking Montreal live home underdog. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Florida, Montreal? This is this is a perfect live betting game, honestly, because I, I like the angle, obviously, with Montreal. I, I feel like this would be Carey Price's last start, probably ever, because he said a couple of days ago he was, like, talking to a surgeon that he might actually need a procedure offseason again. And so, you know, if he has that back-to-back years, at his age and the workload he's had, I would imagine that, you know, possibly could be him, you know, hanging it up. And, and if he does leave Montreal, I can't imagine too many teams even trying to take a flyer on him without, you know, if he's all be, you know, banged up and getting older. So with that being said, in Florida, you know, like I said, you know, they rested guys last night, the clinch the president's trophy, no reason to play any of those guys again tonight either. Uh, I just want to kind of see where the pace of play is going at the beginning of the game. And, and like I said, the Habs, you know, when they should have been fired up for a Gila Florida night, they kind of fell, you know, fell down and ended up losing. They're just a bad hockey team. So, you know, I want to, I want to, I have to watch a bad hockey team and see if they're going to play inspired and play better before I, I take a shot with them. So, you know, that that's the beauty of live betting. So I'll look to try to jump, jump on a spot in game and there'll be time to do it with Montreal too, because of how high of a favorite Florida is. You'll, you know, Florida, you know, Montreal could score a goal and you still might get a plus price or even a small, you know, favorite price on them in game. Uh, so, so it's something that, uh, the price pregame helps us with our live betting sometimes. So that's what I'm going to be doing. All right. That's not a bad way to approach it. See how the team actually looks. Uh, and I'll tell you this funny story. I had Montreal big dog jumped on it, really liked it against the Rangers Wednesday night. And they had everything set up perfectly for them. Rangers just lost any chance of getting first in the Metro locked into second uh, after losing to Carolina, they were resting. Who didn't play Kreider? Panarin, uh, Kreider was out, Panarin was out, Zabanajad was out, Adam Fox was out. It was just set up perfectly for Montreal. And here I am sweating my ass off down the stretch here, 3-3. I'm worried, ah, oh, they're still going to find a way to not get this done. And we needed a last-minute goal from Jeff Petrie to give Montreal that win 4-3 the other night against the Rangers. So even for, that's the thing, with bad teams, t- teams that have had terrible seasons like Montreal, nothing comes easily even when it's set up perfectly for them. I could see the same thing tonight, especially for Brett and I, like in Montreal. Here we are, 3-3, Brett, two minutes to go in the third period. We're sweating this game. That's the way it's going to be because it's Montreal. Nothing comes easily. Well, at least them. you guys didn't have the draw now. Yes. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sorry to have to yeah, remind you of that. I, didn't, I actually didn't. I just brought up that game. But yeah, right, yeah. The draw, and the draw went by the wayside with that last-minute goal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, no question. All right, Tampa Bay. Or sorry, Columbus and Pittsburgh first before we get to Tampa Bay Islanders. Uh, Pittsburgh minus 450, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. It's a small lean to the over just because of who might be in net uh, for me. Uh, Barube, JF Barube, finally the resting versus Leakins. Thank goodness the guy's been worn down, beaten into the ice for how long much he's been playing for the Jackets. They haven't given him a rest in forever. Finally, they do, and they put uh, Jean-Francois uh, Barube in net here tonight for Columbus. Casey DeSmith for Pittsburgh. I could see this being a game where it's a little defense, a lot of goals. I cashed it over with uh, Columbus and Tampa Bay last night. That game ended 5-2. I could see seven goals here, so I do like the over. It'll be a small bet. I'm just going to keep it simple from a prop standpoint. Uh, Pittsburgh, obviously, Raquel is all someone I've been targeting for player props for them. 
Uh, he's been very good for this Penguins team. Penguins, of course, can clinch the third spot in the Metro uh, with a win. It's in their control pretty much. So I expect them to win, especially with Columbus on a back-to-back. But uh, minus 450, I'm not getting involved or touching that. I'd look maybe Raquel for Pittsburgh in terms of uh, props. And I do have to bet one player in particular for Columbus. Jack Roslovic, you have to. What he's doing right now is insane. What's he got, like 10 goals in the last uh, 10 games and I think 13 points in the last 10 games? Jack Roslovic's a machine, and he's getting top-line duty right now for the Jackets as well, playing with uh, Sillinger and um, Nyquist, uh, on the, uh, or Voracek and Nyquist on the uh, top line for the uh, Blue Jackets. So he's been a house of fire, Roslovic, lately. I've been on the props repeatedly, game in and game out with him. We're coming right back to it tonight. Alex, what do you think here? Jackets and Penguins. Yeah, it's one of the things about the when the regular season ends, you hate to see these mid-range teams that won't make the playoffs go as a better because Columbus has been great to us all year long, betting first periods, betting full games, both of the overs. Uh, so I'm going to take one more first period over with them, but I'm going to play this in-game. I'm not going to take a shot here with the two. Uh, so I'll wait for a better price at, at one and a half. I think with the goaltending matchup of DeSmith uh, and Barube, we should see some goals like I said, early and often. And Pittsburgh has something to play for a little bit, trying to get that third spot uh, in the Metro. So it uh, looks like it could be a Penguins win. And, and usually these you know, these two teams won't like each other. So we usually see a lot of scrums, a lot of battles, and a lot of uh, a lot of high-scoring affairs. So I lean with the over first period and full game, but uh, I'm definitely going to be waiting for that first period over in-game. All right, so liking the over, but going to wait for a better number, better price uh, during the game. And uh, definitely, this is this is a good rivalry. Of course, they met in the playoffs one year, too, Columbus and Pittsburgh. So uh, definitely, there's a, a little bit of uh, dislike with these two teams. Uh, Brett, what do you think here, Columbus-Pittsburgh? Um, yeah, I don't know. I probably won't touch this game. I think just it's one of those tough ones. Like Pitt has a lot to play for still. You know, they want to get a, they'll want to get some points here to make sure they stay out of the wild card. Um Plus money on Crosby getting a point on the power play. You know, he's always good for something. Um, so probably look at that one. I like the Roslovic uh, point as well. Um, you know, from there, I don't know. You could you could throw money. There's plus money on Malkin and Latang for power play point as well. Um, you know, I think I'd just stick with a couple player props like that, and that would be it for this game. All right, next up, Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Islanders. We've got the uh, Lightning minus 190 uh, road favorites uh, in this one. Total six across the board. I think the Islanders definitely want to play a lot better than they did last night against Columbus, which was a disappointing effort from their stand. They haven't had many clunkers lately, the last week or so, since they annihilated Toronto. They've been on fire, but not last night. They ended up losing 5-2 to Columbus. Uh, I think they do want to bounce back, play better here tonight, and obviously clinch the third spot in the uh, Atlantic division, set up a Leafs lightning uh, first round series, which they can do uh, if they win tonight. But I don't know if I want to lay minus 190 or even take them in regulation because the Islanders are not rolling over. They've just beaten Washington in back-to-back games. Team that's supposed to be dis, you know demoralized from missing the playoffs, disappointing for the Islanders, but they've given you a really good effort here down the stretch beating Washington twice. There's a history with the Lightning and the Islanders. They've played each other in the playoffs. I think that matters. I think that stimulates the Islanders tonight to play a hard game and maybe try to get a victory here, spoil Tampa's chances to finish third. Uh, They've met in the playoffs multiple years uh, in a row. So 
uh, beware of this. I think Tampa will play a lot better. I think they'll win, but I'm not touching minus 190, and I'm not even going to take them uh, in regulation here. I'm going to look toward Nick Paul and Ross Colton. Same two guys have been talking about for weeks with their props. They're underrated. They've given the Lightning a third line. You could bet Stamkos, Kalorn, Palat, uh, Kucherov, Point. You know, you can bet the big guns in the top six forwards for the Lightning props-wise. I'll never say that's a bad idea. But I look for value, and I'm looking at Nick Paul. I'm looking at Ross Colton. These are the guys that have been really producing, and they've been better prices with their props than the big top six forward group for Tampa. So that's what I'd look at here. Uh, I think Tampa wins, but I'm not going to play them here. Alex, what do you think? Lightning Islanders. I might take a shot at this first period over. It's the cheapest one on the board right now at minus $1.25. And honestly, these two teams don't really, you know, score super fast. I think you might be able to wait a couple minutes and even get this at a plus price. Uh, but I think it still should be able to cash, even with Sorokin in net and as well as he's played. But you know, he's you know was kind of fighting off uh, of the illness, trying to come back from that. And like I said, Tampa still got something to kind of play for. This could be a, a spirited battle back and forth. And I think we see some goals early. So I like the first period over. You can lay a dollar twenty-five if you want to, but I, I honestly think we'll be able to get a better price adjusted in game. All right, Brett, what do you think here with Tampa and the Islanders? Um, I like Stamkos to score. Uh, that'll get him to 40. I mean, even though he's had some big years, it's always nice to get to that next step. Still so a I milestone. Yep, yeah, and he's been on fire lately, so I think him scoring uh, is plus 150. And I think it's as safe as anyone tonight on picking someone to score. Um, and then I like the bets, too. I like Colton um, for points. Um Right now, I'm not sure. I, I actually think the under in this game, uh, but I I'll probably wait till it's a lot as well and, and make a decision from there to see how the first couple of minutes go. Um, if there's a goal early, it might be high scoring, but if not, I think it might settle into a low scoring game. Islanders this year has been a little bit different, but traditionally they're a low scoring team. Um, Tampa's trying to get ready for playoffs, and I think that they're going to be tight tonight, tight checking and try and get themselves ready. I think we can see a really, really low scoring game here. All right, liking the under. Brett, and I, I got a quick question asking. You mentioned about Stamkos being at 39 goals. I know we hear about this a lot in the NFL because it's public knowledge and not so much maybe in other sports, but do guys have incentives in their contracts where if they hit 40, 50 goals, hit a certain number of points that, that kick in? You know, it, it, is that something that is in a lot of NHL contracts? And, and, and if it is, is that something we should be looking at You know, in, in certain betting angles? Yeah, they do, but it's it's only in certain contracts, so rookie contracts, and then you know older guys. So a guy like Joe Thornton would have him. Stamkos wouldn't have them in his contract, but obviously, you know, you're looking at a guy that um, the more you know, forty goal season when you go into your next contract looks good. If you can say you had three or four forty goal seasons instead of three, no one. And you know, I we're ta- I heard someone talking today, like you never hear anyone say, "Oh, he had a thirty nine goal season." It's, it's always oh, sure. 40 or 50 or 60. That was a lot of talk with Matthews when he was going for, for 60. You know, they'd say, oh, he beat the Leaf record. But you wouldn't say, oh, he had a 58-goal season. So now it's, right. he's got a 60-goal season. So it does matter to the guys. Um, something to look at are people right around 39 or someone that maybe needs one or two points to hit a, a point milestone. Um, mm-hmm. And it, in hockey, a lot, I find, for whatever reason, guys seem to hit it on the last day when they need to. Um, guys are looking for them a little bit more on the ice, and they're probably taking a few more shots than they normally would. So um, if there is a couple guys looking around, I think you'll see them. They'll be really going for it tonight. All right, okay. That's a, a great question, and uh, the answer is what I expected. You're right, because usually it's the uh, entry-level deals, the rookie deals, 
and then someone that's uh, like Joe Thornton. Best days are behind him. But hey, Joe, you're you're an old man now. You're you're getting up there in age. But if you hit this number, hey, you'll get a little bonus uh, that you'll get uh, that'll kick in. So yeah, usually that's the way it works. Uh, that's exactly what I thought too. The rookies and the older guys. That's where you see the incentives uh, kick in. All right, Vegas Golden Knights, St. Louis Blues. Uh, we've got St. Louis minus 170 home favorites in this game. The total sitting at uh, uh, six uh, pretty much across the board, shaded to the uh, over in this one. I don't trust Vegas to show up with anything strong. I don't. I mean, this is the end of a season that's been disappointing. This is the end of a season where they've been ravaged by injuries. They just obviously, you know, beyond disappointed that they're not even in the playoffs. You know, a group that's got Jack Eichel and Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Uh, and a team that's made the playoffs every year that the franchise has been here. They miss out. Uh, I don't know if we get that. Wow, let's finish the season on a high note still, uh, even after this mega disappointment. Uh, there's rumblings about Peter DeBoer's job security. You know, as the head coach of this team, what's Robin Leonard's future look like with the Golden Knights or in general? I mean, there's just lots going on with this team. I don't think playing a good, strong game at the end of the season is going to be in the cards tonight for them. And for St. Louis, look, it's not looking good to get second. Minnesota's got the inside track. They're two points up. Uh, they need help. They need uh, Colorado to come through for St. Louis tonight against Minnesota. But still, St. Louis, there is a chance still. You're telling me there's a chance. The old dumb and dumber line. We say it a million times, but it's true. Telling me there's a chance. Yes. But it starts with winning here tonight. And it is their home finale. They probably don't like the game they had against Colorado the other night. Uh, it was one of their worst performances in a long time. I think they bounced back strong. I'm on three St. Louis bets here. Minus a half, plus 135 in the first period. I'm on the um, in regulation, minus 110 uh, on St. Louis. And I'm even going to go a little Ian Puck line here, uh, an ode to Jimmy Murphy. Uh, minus one and a half uh, in this one at uh, plus 135 or so. So that, there you go. First period Puck line which is plus 135, full game puck line, which is also plus 135, the minus one and a half, and also blues in regulation, minus 110. I just think they lay it on Vegas. I mean, I do not believe the Golden Knights uh, are going to you know, be all that excited about a meaningless road finale at the end of a bitterly disappointing season. I just don't see it. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Golden Knights, blues? Yeah, you beat me to it. I was going to say with Jimmy not being on, but uh, you know we haven't had a puck line yet, but here's, here's one that I like as well, and it's the blues. Uh, so full game puck line, one and a half. And I got I found plus 140 uh, with that. St. Louis has something to play for. Vegas doesn't. And, uh, and like you said, Vegas, I'm sure the, the way that they that they lost uh, and missed the playoffs, they, they, they got to feel dejected. I mean, you saw the body language of Logan Thompson uh, a couple nights ago when they lost that that shootout. And he was just he was literally just laying on his face when he gave up that goal against Dallas. And, you know, everybody was kind of controlling him at the end. So. You can just tell it's been it's been a tough season for Vegas, which I mean, you know, as I said it on a show I did yesterday, you know, listen, Vegas fans, this is how it works when you're a hockey fan. This is this is you know, welcome to the NHL. It's not going to be you know roses and playoffs every single year. You know, you got to the Stanley Cup final your first season. Uh, these are these are anomalies in the world of sports, but especially yes. in, the, in the National Hockey League. So, uh, you know, there's going to be changes made, and I don't think there should be a drastic overhaul. There's no reason to blow anything up. It's literally five years. But uh, but changes will be made in Vegas, and, and I'm sure you know guys are kind of you know uh, wondering you know where they're going to be you know uh, next October. Will they be in Vegas or somewhere else and different things? So a lot of uncertainty there. Where St. Louis is saying, "Hey, we're going to the playoffs. Let's let's try to get one more good win, sharpen our, our skills a little bit, and see if we can possibly get home ice." It depends on what happens, of course, up here tonight in Minnesota. But 
Uh, if they do their part, that's all they can ask for. So I think they will, and I think they cover the puck line. All right. And by the way, Braden Chen still out for St. Louis. He's missed the last four games. Marco Scandell on the blue line still out. But they will have David Perron. There was concern he'd missed this game. He's been upgraded uh, to probable. So they will have David Perron. So uh, have take us take a look at some Blues props. There's one guy I'd consider for Vegas, even in a spot where I don't know if we'll get their best. And that's Chandler Stevenson. He's a big reason why Vegas you know, stayed afloat for as long as they did. Chandler Stevenson played really well for the Golden Knights down the stretch. So Maybe even look toward him uh, for one Vegas prop that would interest me in terms of player props. So what do you think here, Brett? Golden Knights and Blues. Um, I like Blues puck line. I think I think Vegas is done. I think their year is done. Those guys are you're talking about guys getting ready to book their golf trips. That's them. Um, they've also had some long runs over the last couple of years, so they're they're probably ready for some time off. Um, so I don't I don't see much out of them tonight. Uh, one guy I like to look at for some props is, is Brandon Saad. He needs a goal for 25. He needs two points for 50 on the year, um, which would give him a pretty good little season. So I like the thought of him anytime goal and, and um, you know, over 1.5 points. Um, so he's a guy that I'm looking at for, for player props and then puck line for the Blues. So I've been as full-time sports better for 12 years now. Brett, how long have you been starting just – how long have you been getting into it now? Uh, a year, maybe. A year, maybe. You just taught me something. Seriously, I just learned something from you. Players with a milestone or an incentive, like you just mentioned it with Saad, you know, to get to 25 goals, to get to 50 points, you know, I had never even honestly thought of that. Just a certain number that they're interested in getting and attaining and maybe look at them from a prop standpoint. And that's what you're doing there with Saad. It makes sense. There, and it makes a lot of that. It makes a lot of sense with him in particular because I remember as a Hawks fan, I remember he had a season where he easily missed about 20 goals. I mean, between hitting the post, getting robbed on, on a big save, it was a season where he could have had about 40 or 45 goals and he just had a, just bad puck luck all year long. So I'm sure that might be something of an incentive for him specifically because he's a guy who really he has a great scoring touch but has just had a lot of bad luck in, in games, and I, I've seen it firsthand. So it's something to keep in mind. It does make sense. It's there you go. Uh, pick. Uh, I learned something from Brett. Like I say, and that's the great thing. You always learn something. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing something. You always learn something, and there's always something. Hey, I picked it up from someone else, and hey, well, something maybe I should consider. But that does make sense. Saad looking for a couple of milestones here uh, in terms of maybe looking player props with uh, him. All right, Colorado, Minnesota. Minnesota minus 125 home favorite, six and a half the total. This is the way I feel tonight about Minnesota, just like last night, where Okay, Calgary's better than Minnesota, probably, although it's close, you know, but Calgary, you know, obviously more points than Minnesota, but who needed the game more? Who wanted the game more last night? Minnesota. And it was tough. You know, they grinded it out, but they found a way, won in overtime. That's kind of the way I feel here. Yeah, Colorado, you know, is the better team, more more points, uh, number two in the league behind Florida overall, but who needs the game more? Minnesota. And that's kind of the way I feel here about this. So I like Minnesota here uh, on the money line in this one, uh, minus 125. I think it's important for them to play well, too, for Flurry. Flurry tonight in net for the Wild. He's kind of been up and down. He hasn't had a, a perfect run uh, for them. He's kind of struggled at times. He's fought the puck at times. But I think it's important for them to get him some confidence going into the playoffs. Dean Evason has said he doesn't know where he's going with his starting goalie in game one. He has not said who it's going to be, Flurry or Cam Talbot. So we're going to have to wait on that. I know it's going to be Pavel Francouz 
uh, in net for Colorado, and he hasn't been good. You know, the last few starts, he has definitely struggled. So I think it's an opportunity here, especially with Colorado. You know, nothing on the line for them. Any chance of getting the President's Trophy went out the window with their shootout loss to Nashville uh, in their last game. I think it's there for the taking tonight for Minnesota. So we'll go with them here as a small home favorite, minus 125. Uh, Brett, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think? Colorado, Minnesota. Yeah, I, I like Minnesota. I think um, in this game, um, you know, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think they're going to try and support Flurry here, get someone feeling good going into playoffs. One player I like for a point is Zuko Brown, get an 80, uh, be clear high for him, first time at 80. Um, maybe even any time goal, I give him to 25. He's only hit that once in his career. I hate to burst your uh, bubble, Brett. He's out tonight. Is he? Okay, well, then change that. So I'm going to go, I'm just going to go with the under in this game um, and just leave it at that. I think kind of one of those games, one team has nothing to play for, one has something to play for. So, you know, it could be pretty boring. It could go really any way. But I think if Minnesota gets up too early, it's it's kind of one of those games where everyone's just going to go into lockdown mode and get ready for playoffs. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm seeing some line combinations for Minnesota that indicate Nick Bukestad could be on the top line for them tonight. There you go. Another player prop that opens up the door for him, maybe from a player prop standpoint tonight for the Minnesota Wild, playing with Ryan Hartman and Kirill Kaprizov uh, on that top line. Again, you're going to, I'm going to take a look at this right now. I'm going to open, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, all the books here that I've uh, got accounts with. I'm going to take a look at this right now uh, and see what uh, we can find here. You know, what's funny is that, uh, couple books don't have them. I'll find them here. Hold on one second. Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say, as you're looking for him, I'll mention that. Yeah, some books may not have him because he's normally a, a third or fourth line guy. Yep. And it depends. Well, so 450 books... Bukestad to score. And he's yeah, going to okay. the top so, yeah. line tonight. I got to okay. take that. Yeah. Win or lose, I got to take that price for a top line guy. Yeah, and especially with how Kaprizov and Hartman both have been moving the puck all season long. Those guys have, have been pretty hot. So uh, I'll probably tell you on that as well. No doubt. All right, Alex, how do you feel here? Colorado, Minnesota. Yeah, so, well, it's interesting. If this was the middle of the season, I would tell you, well, if you liked Minnesota, you should have bet them yesterday because this line was $1.10 yesterday, and it's moved, and it's moved with good reason because Wild have something to play for, Colorado doesn't. Uh, and also the Wild rested guys yesterday, most notably Matt Dumbo, who's expected to play tonight. Uh, so with that being said, I kind of lean with what Brett's saying as far as the aspect of this is going to be a tighter game that's just the way these two teams have played against one another. Uh, and, and you look at the last two meetings, they both gone, have gone into overtime or a shootout. Last game for Colorado in the shootout, and two of the last three Minnesota games have gone into an overtime or a shootout. So I guess, think you guys all know where I'm going with here. I'm going with the regulation draw. I uh, got that at plus 340. And Minnesota, all they need is one point to clinch home ice. So if this is a 2-2 or 3-3 game after 60, they've got their job done. And uh, and then we'll just see, you know, where everything shakes out in the central once the playoffs start. All right, good stuff. We move on to Calgary, Winnipeg. Calgary minus one forty-five road favorite, six the total. This is not Winnipeg's last game of the season, believe it or not. They have one more. It's it was a snowstorm that postponed it weeks ago in Winnipeg, and they're going to make it up on Sunday at two p.m. Eastern. Uh, them against Seattle. Uh, in Winnipeg. So this is actually the second to last game of the season, both at home for Winnipeg. I actually like the Jets a little bit here. Don't love it. It's going to be a smaller play for me, but I like Winnipeg a little bit here. Plus one, I got plus 135. It's down to plus 125. It's back to back on the road for Calgary after losing in overtime to Minnesota last night. They are locked into first in the Pacific. 
They know, you know, they can't move up or down. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get full, you know, focus from the Flames here. Uh, it's probably going to be Dan Vladar uh, in net after uh, Markstrom got the start last night. I don't sense yet that anybody's going to be rested. But, man, if you're ever going to re- – Daryl Sutter's not the kind of guy to rest players. But, man, if he's ever going to do it, it's going to be tonight uh, in this game. So keep an eye out closer to puck drop. You might see some Flames getting the uh, rest tonight in this game. But I think Winnipeg shows up. Look, I'm looking for signs of a pulse from a team like Winnipeg down the stretch in their final homestand. They've shown it. They beat Colorado. Very impressive. And then they beat uh, Philadelphia, took care of them in their last home game. So two ho- wins on this homestand for the Jets. It's Connor Hellebuck in net. He's had a tough year, but I kind of think he wants to finish off the year on a high note. Because look, his last start was his best start in a while. That Colorado game, he played great last Sunday. One goal, a lot of shots faced. Uh, he looked like Connor Hellebuck, you know, when he's on top of his game again. So I think there's incentive for him. Let's finish the season on a good note. Winnipeg's Looks like they're playing with some incentive here in these final home games. I don't think Calgary's bringing a whole lot tonight. Back-to-back, they've got everything locked up. Give me Winnipeg here. Brett, what do you think here? Calgary, Winnipeg. Um, I like Winnipeg. I like the plus money. I think they're a team. There's a lot of talk that they might make some moves and and shake things up this summer. Uh, But different from Vegas or Philly, um, this is a core that's been together for a really long time. Um, some of those guys have been there since I was there back in 2010 so or 2011. So um, I think it's a little bit different than a team that, like Vegas, that was put together over the last year and just faltered, I think. So they've got a lot of pride and, and have enjoyed playing together for a long period of time. I think they're going to want to finish these last two home games strong. Um, Winnipeg has a great fan base too, so they're going to want to l- let their fans go home over the summer with something positive. Um, and there's even been talks of, of movement in the front office and everything. So I think there could be a big shakeup there. So I think they're going to want to finish this era or potential end of an era for what they've had there as a core really strongly. So I like them at plus money. Um, you know, Dubois, he needs two goals for 30. So he's got two games to do it. So I like him as an anytime score tonight. Um, I don't know if I'd put multi-goal on him, but definitely anytime goal score. Um, and then go from there. I, I kind of like the under in this game just from the fact that I, I don't think I would do it right now. I'd wait till game time because it depends who Calgary's got in the lineup. Yeah. But if, if they were playing both lineups full, I probably would take the under in this Calgary all defensively. I think Winnipeg's going to be sharp defensively in their last two and, and try and win some tight checking games. But uh, Dubois, anytime goal scorer and, and Jets for sure on the money line. All right, there we go. Uh, P- you're down with PLD. Yeah, you know me, Pierre <laughs> Dubois uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, to score a goal tonight and also a Winnipeg uh, home underdog. And I, I, I totally forgot, Brett, you were with that. You, mu- you must have been with them like their first year. Was yeah, I was there. Game? I was there briefly. I, I got to play in the first game for them, so it's pretty cool. I got picked up on waivers uh, like two days before, so it was a uh, pretty cool timing to be part of the Jets. Wow, nice! So that very first home, and I remember watching that. You're uh, the yeah. very first home game the, with the return from Atlanta. Obviously, they relocated from the Atlanta, the Thrashers, to Winnipeg, and you were in the on the ice that day. Very good, good yeah. stuff. Uh, you were with that guy. I know you were with the Coyotes for a, a, a little bit there. That's, that's the team I remember you with most of all was with the uh, Coyotes back when the Coyotes were actually halfway decent when you were there. Uh, yeah, they had some they had some good squads when uh, when I was there. A lot of great uh, veteran players that 
that had really great careers. So it was a fun time to be a part of that organization too. Yeah, and of course Shane Doan stands out uh, among the rest back from that those days, no doubt, with that uh, Coyotes group. Alex, what do you think here? Calgary, Winnipeg. Yeah, there's a reason why I wore the Coyotes jersey today. So <laughs> it's funny if you bring that up. But uh, but yeah, you know, as far as this goes, and you make a great point, Brett, about how this this has been a core that's been together a very long time. And you know, sometimes when you see, you know, granted, it's been a disappointing season for them, and more than likely they're going to be making changes. But this is not necessarily one of those just, okay, it's just falling apart. We're just going to kind of go our separate ways kind of thing like it would be in, in Vegas, for example. This would be kind of more of a swan song thing I, I expect from them. You know, except, you know, give the fans something, especially with two more games left. The thing is, you're probably getting a better price for this game tonight than you will against Seattle. They're probably going to be, you know, favorites, especially if they win this game. You're probably going to be seeing, you know, minus $1.40, $1.45 against sure. Seattle yeah. uh, in that throwaway game. So you're not going to have a chance to really back them there, although I think they should take care of business in that as well. But this is a game, even with the line move, because this open flames minus 170, and we've seen everybody kind of go look toward Winnipeg, assuming Calgary's going to rest guys. But that angle with Winnipeg, you know, having a home, great home fan base, it's going to be a lot of people there still, if not a sellout. And uh, that core group possibly being the last time they play with each other, this definitely looks like a side I'll be looking at. So I'll take a shot here uh, with the uh, Jets on the money line. All right, liking the uh, Jets as well, uh, Alex, in this one. And, yeah, for Shifley, for Connor, uh, you know, Hellebuck in, in goal. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, Ehlers, they've been together for a long period of time. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what this Jets team looks like uh, for sure moving into next year because there's probably uh, going to be some changes. All right. Uh, Anaheim, Dallas now next up. We've got the uh, Dallas Stars uh, minus uh, 245 in some spots as home favorites here. Uh, the total five and a half across the board in this one. Uh, I I'm not I'm not laying touching Dallas. I know that uh, that is a given uh, in a game where look they've clinched a playoff spot. You'd have to ask Ben Sagan, everyone on this team, if they really care who they play. It's going to be a brutally tough series either way. Like pick your poison, right? Calgary or Colorado. You know, is it a huge difference either way who you play? If you're Dallas, you're going to be an underdog regardless. Uh, so I think it's a situation where for them, you know, it's it's going to be a tough first round series anyway uh, for the Dallas Stars regardless. I don't know. You know, it is their final home game. Maybe they show up, but we know what Dallas does. I said this all season, especially lately. They don't do anything easily. Look at the game against Arizona. They get the 3 nothing lead. It looks like, wow, they're going to put the boots to Arizona, get in the playoffs. Nice and easy game to get into the playoffs. Nope. Arizona comes back, ties it up 3-3, and ends up winning in overtime. That is the Dallas Stars right here. Perfectly. Do you know what I'm betting in this game, you guys? The same thing I took with Arizona-Dallas, the draw. I think we get overtime here in this game. It's just what the Dallas Stars do, the bare fucking minimum. They don't do anything easily. Everything's a stressful, stressful torture chamber for their fan base. Every single night, This again, with the playoff spot already clinched, I don't think there's that great incentive. Wow, let's go out huge win tonight because we want to play someone, Colorado or Calgary. No, I think they'll just do enough to get by like they always do, just like they barely beat San Jose by a goal at home. They barely beat Seattle by, by a goal at home. L l lousy teams. Lose to Arizona. I think we go to overtime here. And at uh, the book that I usually go to for draw bets, because I usually get a better price, you can get Anaheim-Dallas draw or the game to go to overtime at plus 400. Plus 400 on that. Sign me up. Overtime or a shootout tonight. Anaheim-Dallas draw plus 400. 
for me here. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Ducks, Stars. Yeah, plus 400. I got to roll with that, too. That draw as well. He said Dallas. They just do the bare minimum. It's funny. My favorite uh, college football team is Northern Illinois, and their motto is the hard way. And that should probably be the Dallas Stars motto, too, because that's literally how they've played. The, you know, it seems like the last two years, really, even when they went all the way to the that cup final in the bubble. They just they just made things difficult for themselves. They play a difficult style of hockey for, for themselves and their opponents. Uh, and so, you know, even against a horrible team like Anaheim is probably, you know, they're, you know, completely out of it. It's Getzlaff's final game. They didn't show up for his final home game. With who's to say, you know, they're going to show up for the, his final game of his career in, in, in general? Actually, I don't think he traveled with them. I don't. I think he's already really? finished. So he's, he's done. done. So, yep. so he's already. He's 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 yeah, he's, he's now he's retired. <laughs> so so his you retirement know, party has started already. It started exactly. Sunday. Yeah. Right. And he and he wanted no part of, of, of being around that team any further. So uh, and I can't blame him. The season that they that they or at least the second half that they had for sure. So I like Dallas here. First period puck line. I'm surprised that it's even still plus price. I'm seeing plus 120. Uh, if they do give a shit and want to, you know, play inspired, we'll see in the first 20 minutes. They should be able to cash that. But um, I'm also going to go with the draw as well because, you know, you give up a blow up 3 0 lead against Arizona the other night in a game where you really needed to, to kind of take care of business. Then who's to say they can't blow a lead and go into OT against Anaheim? So uh, at plus 400, I'll go with the draw there as well as uh, Dallas first period puck line. Laying the half a goal at plus 120. All right, so first period puck. Hey, you can take both. The draw that I like, the Dallas first period puck line that Alex likes, maybe go 2-0 and like you did against Arizona the other night. You know, if you took Dallas first period puck line against Arizona and the draw, you won both against the Coyotes. I could see that. They get the lead early. They fall asleep. They park the bus, which Dallas does with a lead. And next thing you know, Anaheim comes back late. We go to overtime. Uh, by the way, it was plus 526 for me, the draw that I took with Arizona-Dallas the other night. That was such a beautiful thing. It really, really was. really pads the bank bankroll when you can cash a ticket like that. Brett, what do you think here, Anaheim-Dallas? Um, you know what? I, I like Adam Henrique, plus 220, to score his 20th goal of the year. I like 220 on the 20. Um, same thing, milestone goal for him. Um. I don't know. This game's tough. Like it could be a, it could be a wide open five, six, five game. It could be two, one. I mean, in Dallas, you never know. So there's not a whole lot that I'd be going here. I like the idea of regulation tie because you never know with Dallas, what you're going to get. I don't think they really care who they're going to play. Um, I could see them kind of just floating through this game, just trying to stay healthy. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with just Adam Henrique plus 220 for, for a goal. Yeah, he's been uh, picking it up offensively lately, four in the last six games, four goals in the last six games. He had, I think, six shots on goal last game for Anaheim. So he's firing the puck a lot. Of course, it can never go wrong with Terry Zegras. You know, props for Anaheim. They're always in the mix uh, to contribute. Dallas, it's Hints, at Pavelski, and Rob, uh, Robertson. They've been doing a lot of the offense lately, uh, no question. So there's some props you could look at here. Uh, in this game, if you're interested, uh, no doubt. All right, Vancouver and Edmonton. We're down to our last three games. It's a marathon, but we're down to our last three games uh, on this Friday card. Vancouver, Edmonton, Edmonton minus 130. Uh, home favorites. Uh, the total in this one's currently uh, six, six and a half, uh, depending on where you look. Uh, it is worth noting that we've seen a lot of money come in on Vancouver uh, during the course of the day, which indicates that we've got some, yep, just as I figured, I said there's definitely some guys sitting out tonight for Edmonton. Dreisaitl, McDavid, both out for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. So there you go. 
tells you all you need to know about why the money's come in big time on the Oilers here, or sorry, on the Canucks down to, uh, oh, it opened minus 190 Edmonton. It's minus 130 now. So there's been a ton of Vancouver money uh, as a result in this game. Uh, we'll see uh, how, if they can take advantage of this with both Dreisaitl and McDavid being rested tonight uh, for the playoffs, which begin uh, next week. Uh, this is an interesting one, though, because for Vancouver, you know, they expended a lot of energy last night. I think they wanted to come back, beat L.A., final home game of the year. Now you're turning around back-to-back, uh, playing the Oilers. And there's a question who's going to start tonight because Demko's been shut down. Halak has been shut down. You either have to start Spencer Martin on a back-to-back who got the start last night, or you've got to turn to our our friend Vito, Rinas Vitalins, his countryman from Latvia, uh, might be in net tonight for uh, the Canucks. Archers, Silovs. Uh, might be a net for them. And his numbers in Abbotsford in the AHL aren't good. Uh, so that's the concern here if he's in net for the uh, Canucks. But either way, there's a lot of moving parts. It's probably a game I'm going to stay off for now until I see who's in net for Vancouver. I know I don't want any part of Edmonton now that they're resting McDavid and Dreisaitl, but you're only getting plus 110 on Vancouver. It's back-to-back for them after a big win to come back and beat L.A. last night in their final home game. I'm not sure it's great value with the Canucks either. Uh, what do you think, Alex, here, Vancouver-Edmonton? Well, I'm happy that Vancouver did decide to come back in that game because they needed that draw for four and all night. Uh, so they were able to, to get that. I was really happy about that. Uh, and they ended up getting the win as well. Like I said, now, if they run, you know, Martin back in net, who's been really good, he's now, you know, 3-0-2 on the season. He's had some great marks. He's made some big saves. Uh, and with Edmonton, you know, basically all their scoring is now, you know, going to be scratched. I mean, it's was it, literally like – I think as they said, it was like eight, like 72 of the 245 goals for Edmonton have either been accounted for Dreisaitl or, or McDavid. Uh, so we know how top heavy it, you know that that team is with those two guys. With them out, I might actually look at, a, at an under, maybe even look for a live under with this one if I find out Martin's a confirmed starter. Uh, I just can't see where, like I said, what's Edmonton going to play for? And, and Vancouver might be a little spent after the energy they expelled in that last game on a back-to-back to wrap up the year. So, so a lean to the under and I'm more than likely to jump in live than play a pregame. It's so a lean to the under, but might w- wait uh, Alex until uh, the game starts to uh, take it. Uh, what do you think here, Brett Vancouver, Edmonton? I'll stick with my player props. Uh, JT Miller over 1.5. Uh, it's plus. I have it at plus uh, 190 right now. He needs two for a hundred. There's, there's no way they're not going into that game trying to get that guy a hundred points. Cause that's a huge milestone. And, I don't think he's a guy that we would have predicted to get 100 at the start of the year. So I see him, you know, getting fed all over the power play. Guys trying to get him points. So I like him at that. Uh, Patterson needs a point as well to hit uh, hit 70 or 60 here. So I think he's going to get an over as well. He needs two points to hit uh, 70. So I think he's over on – on points as well. So I'm going to look for both of them at 1.5 over. All right. Excellent. And again, Brett's, I uh, picked up something from Brett here. Like I say, look for the players looking for milestone numbers, whether it's a milestone number of goals, milestone number of points, especially these last game or two, they want to get them. So, and they'll feed them the puck a lot, right? That's another thing too. They'll look for these players that maybe need these uh, big numbers. So, uh, great, great insight there on some props that are worth a look based on these players that are looking for uh, a certain milestone number. Uh, for the for their season in terms of their stats. All right, great stuff. San Jose, Seattle. Next up, we've got Seattle minus one thirty home favorite, six the total. I mean, I'm not going to go into too much uh, analysis 
uh, for this one, other than to say it's a, a clear as day Seattle spot. It really is. I mean, it's their final game of the season, final home game. Look, it's not been the Vegas Golden Knights first year in existence or expansion year, not even close, but still, uh, this is a Seattle team. I think they come out, they want to put a W on the board, right? Climate Pledge Arena, the faithful in the building for one last time this season. Go out there, get a win. They got a team that they're capable of beating, no question. San Jose, and plus San Jose off a tricky turnaround, right? It really gave a good effort against Edmonton. Now, Edmonton was kind of flat in the first period. San Jose took advantage of that, but couldn't hang on. Edmonton comes back, wins in overtime. Tough to turn around from that type of loss, hard-fought loss to Edmonton. Couldn't hold the lead. And now you turn around, you're playing back-to-back, going on the road for a second straight night against Seattle, who are rested, who really want to, I think, have a good final game in front of the home fans this season. Uh, and a little bit of momentum, you know, going into next year for year number two with this franchise. So very clear decision for me to take Seattle. Just based on that, uh, I think they're worth a look here. Seattle minus 130. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Sharks cracking. Yeah, I would lean with Seattle on the side because, like I said, this is the final home game, mind you. They, they do have to travel and go play Winnipeg, and I can't imagine where yeah, that's true. They final would, home you know, care at all about that. So all the more reason to kind of look maybe towards Seattle in this spot because, you know, try to give their fans something to, you know, to go out, out with. And uh, But I like the over here at six. This feels like one of those just kind of just roll the puck out and, and you know, let's just maybe have yes. some fun for 60 minutes kind of a game and, and you know, see who. So I think we're going to see a, a kind of freewheeling open style of uh, uh, hockey. We know both these teams are susceptible to give up goals in bunches. So uh, it, it was a cheap price. I got it minus over uh, minus a dollar five. I'll go with the over six. All right. Like an over six here, Sharks and Crack. It's funny we mentioned Seattle because honestly, Brett and I texting on Wednesday night when the Seattle game was going on and we're both on Seattle. And it's looking good. And then all of a sudden, they fall apart defensively. Grubauer's looking like a sieve and net. Can't make a save. Kings just go on a big goal-scoring spree there. And the game kind of gets away from them. So, And they were in a good spot that night against L.A. Uh, and couldn't get the job done. So it's concern- It's not like this is a given that Seattle's going to go in there and win. I mean, this is uh, obviously a team that's got issues. You know, expansion team, you know, scoring sometimes an issue. Defensive play and goaltending, as we saw against L.A., can be an issue. So this is not a slam dunk. Seattle's winning this game, but it sure as hell does set up nicely for the Seattle Kraken tonight against uh, San Jose. We'll see if, unlike the other night, they can take advantage of it. But I agree with Alex's sentiment. It does feel high scoring. Hell, that L.A.-Seattle game turned into a shootout uh, the other night. Uh, maybe this one will as well. And we just saw it with the Sharks last night, scored goals, but gave up a bunch as well. I would think it's going to be Kakinen. I would think in net for, yeah, it is Kakinen and Drieger, uh, the goaltending matchup uh, in this one tonight. Uh, Brett, what do you think here? San Jose, Seattle. Um, I like the over in this game too. I think it's going to be pretty free flowing. Um, both teams get ready for summer. Uh, go out and try and get some points. Uh, I also like Jared McCann. Over 0.5 points. That'll get him to 50, which is a huge high for him. Like his high before that's in the 30s. So for him to hit 50 would be a big deal. Um, so he'll be looking for that tonight. They'll be looking to try and get him uh, get him that point. So that and the over are my two that I like from this game. Brett's the man with the betting plan on this show today. He is targeting. He is zoning in on all these players that need a big number or a milestone uh, to complete their season. It's uh, his player props. Across the board and all these games have been directly correlated with that. Uh, so definitely an interesting theory uh, that he's got with so many of these player props tonight. All right, final game. We've made it. This marathon edition of the show. The final game, Nashville, Arizona. Nashville minus 250 uh, road favorites. Six and a half the total uh, in this one. 
Nashville is in one of those spots where, you know, in terms of positioning for them, they're trying to maintain. They got one point up on Dallas, right? One of these teams is going to be wild card one. The other is going to be wild card two. So one is going to play Calgary. One is going to play Colorado. You know, for Nashville, do you want to go out there and win tonight? Obviously, I think you do. And you're capable of doing it against Arizona. But let's not sell Arizona short, guys. This week has been a nice little week for them, hasn't it? They beat Minnesota. Uh, a very impressive, stunning win on the road. They come back from 3 nothing down in a game that was significantly important to the Dallas Stars the other night, uh, and they win in overtime. Like, let's give the Coyotes a little bit of credit here. They have not packed it in this week in, in these road games, and now they're playing their final home game. I think you get something from this team. I think you get them playing with some purpose. How much does it matter? I mean, we're talking about a Gila River Arena. It's the final game that the Coyotes are ever going to play uh, in this building before they move to that rinky-dink little uh, peewee hockey-sized uh, venue next year uh, on the uh, campus of uh, Arizona State at Tempe there. Uh, I don't know how much it's – wow, let's put the building out with a win tonight, Gila River Arena, but for a crowd that's, you know, they don't – you know, there's Halloween costume party for Arizona home games. Everybody's dressed as empty seats. You know, it's not like it's a situation where it's going to be a packed venue tonight. But nevertheless, I think you get an effort from Arizona. They still stink defensively right now. They still have trouble keeping the puck out of their own net, whether it's Satarian net the other night or whether it's Vimelka, who's probably going to get the start tonight. Uh, I don't think they're going to hold down Nashville. Nashville's scoring in bunches again uh, the last few games. I think Arizona chips in. I like the over here in this game, six and a half. I think we get goals. Arizona's trended that way. Nashville, four straight overs. And do you know what I also like here in this game, you guys? Nashville has gone beyond regulation in four of their last five games. I'm doing it. You better believe it. And Arizona's been competitive this week with Minnesota and with Dallas. I'm going to go ahead with another Alex B. Smith special, a draw. My second draw, I'm on the Dallas-Anaheim draw, and I'm on Nashville-Arizona draw as well tonight. Plus 420 uh, is the price with that. I'm uh, Because, look, Nashville, four of their last five games have gone to overtime or a shootout, and Arizona's playing tough this week. So uh, plus 420 on the draw for me with the Predators and Coyotes as well as the over. Uh, Alex, how about you? Nashville, Arizona. It's literally the first thing I did this morning when I woke up was rolled over and checked my phone. Yeah, <laughs> and I got I got that draw plus four hundred. So I'm right there with you with the, with the draw the, uh, the way these two teams are playing. Here's the interesting thing about the game tonight. There's going to be a ton of former Coyotes players there. They said most notably Jeremy Roenick. Uh, they, they, they mentioned uh, it was a, a whole long list that they mentioned. And to do Dones this kind of be one of them, right? I think Dones going to be there too. Yeah. So this whole celebration. It's not as if they're leaving someplace that they've, you know, had a lot of magical memories in and they're going to a new, like, what are we celebrating exactly? They're getting, they got evicted. Like, I think, did we forget about this? Like, the city of Glendale evicted. We're booting you out. Let's celebrate that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now you guys, and they're going to go play in a, in a, which I don't even know if it's like, it it looks like it's going to be a state of art for a college team, possibly arena, but 5,000 seats. I mean, the whole thing's a, a disaster piece. Uh, I'm all, I'm personally frustrated at Arizona for getting that last win because that killed my under 23 and a half of the wins. Uh, did cash the point total with these, though. I said they were going to be one of the worst teams in the, in the league this year, and they've proven that. But they've played spirited hockey in this last couple of, of games. So I also like the first period over, which is at two plus a dollar twenty. Uh, I usually don't play a lot of over twos, but with that high of a plus price, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go with that. These are two. Uh, solid teams that first period over. And uh, like the draw, I got it plus 400. Like I said, Arizona's hanging tough. Nashville seems like every game these days have gone to OT or the shootout. So that's a great price for a draw. 
All right, so liking the draw the first period over as well for uh, the Preds and the Coyotes. Uh, Brett, uh, what do you got for us here, Nashville, Arizona? Uh, I don't have much on this game. I think there's not a lot of value to be had, really. Like even Nashville puck line, there's you know it's it's not plus money. Um, Arizona plus one and a half is not. I don't think it's worth it. Um, I think Nashville still has too much to play for, so I don't think Arizona's going to win this game. Um, so maybe I'm on the the tie train with you on this one because I don't I don't see anything else from from this game that I really like. Um, it is true that there is a lot of Coyotes alum going to the game tonight, but again, it's kind of a weird situation. They're not leaving town. They're not. It's, they're getting evicted from the rink. It's it's not the same as as some of the other you know, things we've seen in the past with teams leaving or, or ceremonies from that perspective. So yeah, just, this, this is a game for me. There's not much there, but uh, I'll jump on the tie train as well. It's got great value and, and that trends have been going that way for both teams. So. Can the draw as well. I think it's worth a shot, win or lose at that price for sure. Do you find you still have a, somewhat of an emotional attachment, Brett, to, coyote, to the coyotes? I mean, you did spend more time there than any other place in the NHL. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, I was drafted by them. Obviously, that's where the majority of my career was with them and in, in their minor system through, um, you know, the Coyote system. Like, I was with them for, for six years. So, right. obviously, I do. It, it's it's weird, like, the turnover there outside of Stan Wilson, the equipment manager. I don't think there's anyone left there from when I was there. But, obviously, Shane Doan's still a part of it, and he was um, – an amazing mentor and just great person to be around. I don't think there could have been a better captain for a young guy to, to be around. So there is some emotional attachment and still a lot of great feelings about the city of Phoenix. I love going back there from time to time and spending time there. So I'll always have a, a soft spot for the coyotes. I, I wish that it felt like the, the organization was moving in a better direction than it is right now. I mean, you're going to move into a, university rink for three years and there's no kind of guarantee yet that anything's going to get built after i know there's lots of talk about the tempe rink but it's not nothing's been finalized yet which you know you're kind of like is this just a, a move before they make a big move to another city so um it's, it's hard to to really get behind them right now but you know obviously quietly always support them and, and I'm very proud of my time with them and that i got to be a part of the nhl with with the coyotes yeah, that's one thing I was going to ask too, because as you said, you were part of that organization. So, you know, it does should hockey be in the Phoenix area? Honestly, like, like what what are your your honest thoughts on that? You know, yeah, you know what? Like if you really dive into it, um, when they played downtown, um, mm -hmm. they did well. Um, they drew well. It just mm -hmm. wasn't. A, it's not a hockey rink. Uh, the sight lines were terrible. You know, I've heard stories yeah. of people going to games and they couldn't even see the ice. Um, I think if they were right location, I don't know if you've been to Phoenix, but I have, yeah. yeah. So if the rink was in Scottsdale or around that area, I think they would do fine. The problem is they're 45 minutes away in Glendale. And, um, you know, when the economy and everything dropped, things just didn't get built out in Glendale. And, right. um, you know, for football, it works because you go once a week, they're right beside the football stadium. You, you can drive 45 minutes to an hour once a week to go watch football. You're not driving there three times a week to watch a hockey game. Even as a player, driving from Scottsdale to Glendale every day became exhausting. So yeah. I think it's more of a location thing than it is it won't work in, in the city. And, I mean, it works in Vegas. It works in L.A. So I don't think the excuse – it works in Tampa. I don't think the excuse of 
being a warm climate is there. I think it's just that the location isn't the right place for, for success in, in that area. I think if they do end up building a new rink in, in where they're proposing it to be, I think there will be a lot of success. So um, hopefully that does happen and, and come to fruition, but I know it's, it doesn't look as, as clean as, as hopefully it will right in the future. So um, I'm hoping things kind of get sorted out there because it was a great place to play. I know guys love playing there. Guys, every pretty much everyone that plays there long term retires there. So that's a good sign of, right. of what they feel of the city in the area. So um, hopefully it was the year round weather. That's a little perk yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's hard, yeah, it's hard see, to complain in your shorts all year round. Yeah, and I, I have to, I, I had family that lived in Arizona for years, so I got to go see the Coyotes play at America West Arena. We talked about where yeah the sight lines were awful, and I, I went to uh, I forget what they called it before Gila River, but uh, but that area out in Glendale, and as you know, there with, with family and traveling, it was seemed like a cool place. And that's, that's probably why you see a lot of visiting fans come in there, not just because there's tickets available, but because that whole mall and that whole area that, that was around that, I think like it's a really cool atmosphere. I, I, I was stunned to see that people weren't really going out there. But when you explain it from a local point of view of, you know, the travel back and forth constantly, yeah. then, then that, that makes a difference. So so you're saying, so a move, if, if they do go to Tempe, so basically we're talking about the opposite side of, uh, of Phoenix, basically, that that would be a better a better location and, and more successful for them than, than anywhere else they've been previously? Yeah, I think so. I think um, it just it's a better location for people. Um, and then obviously I think it, it, it's probably going to be similar to Vegas where teams that travel really well. I mean, even when I was there, when the Leafs came to town or, you know, Canadian team or the Wings or, or Chicago or Boston – they were close to sellouts. So I think, you know, it'll be kind of one of those places everyone will mark on their calendar. If they're closer to Scottsdale, Hey, we'll go in for a weekend and watch the Blackhawks play, or we'll go in for a weekend, watch mm-hmm. the Leafs play. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, it's working in Vegas and yeah, it's, it's working in other places as well. So um, I think that's kind of the model they have to go to and hopefully it works out. Now you're a big baseball fan and baseball better too, Brett. You're a big baseball guy too. Um, I'm going to make a comparison and similarity. I'll see if you agree. I mean, obviously you talked about the, the Arizona situation with the location of their venue. Is could, could we compare it to Tampa Bay with the Rays? Tropicana Field. People have been bitching about the location of that place. Not only yeah. that, but it's a horrible ballpark. I mean, the catwalk is ridiculous. I mean, the baseballs hit that half the time, and they got to review it. Uh, and, and see if the, what ends up happening is a double home run or is a dead ball, that kind of shit. I mean, it's just not a proper ballpark, simple as that. And it's not in a good location either. And they had, they can't draw flies during the regular season for Tampa Bay Rays games at home at Tropicana Field. Do you think that's a good comparison, fair comparison, Tampa Bay Rays with Tropicana Field drop to what Arizona, the Coyotes have gone through? Yeah, maybe a bit. I mean, when I was, when I was there the year they went through that run for the Western conference finals like they yeah. Arizona is kind of a fair weather city as well and I think a lot of that just because there's so many options on things you can do there yeah. um, you know not to make an excuse for people obviously if you're a diehard fan you should be a diehard fan all the time but you know you look at any of their sports teams there if the teams are good they draw well um, if the teams aren't good they don't draw as well because people go get distracted by everything else that's going on the Rays even when they're good they still don't draw so I don't know if maybe right. There, they are. It is a little bit different, I think, in that sense, because I think if Arizona moved to a different location in the city and the team was strong, I think that the fan base would grow. Um, or at Tampa Bay Rays, I don't, I don't see them ever. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I, I don't see them ever having success unless they move out of Tampa Bay. 
I think they despise the ballpark. They despise the location because they really should be getting a good crowd every night. That's been mm-hmm. a damn good baseball no. team the no. last few yes. years. Tampa Bay no. Rays contending in the playoffs consistently. I think it's more location and brutal ballpark for Tampa than it yeah. is lo- lo- location and you know brutal uh, location for the arena in Arizona. I think part of it with Arizona is you're right. Fair weather fans. Yeah. The team has not been good. The last few years, that's played a big part in Arizona's issues too. Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to say too, because like I said, I remember you know when when they first moved out there, the teams that they had, they were absolutely loaded. You know, the, they brought back the whiteout, and you had you know Ronick and Kachuk and Hobby Bullen, and you saw crowds there in, in droves and sellouts. And even then, like you mentioned, that 2011 run, uh, what 2012 run toward the Western Conference Final, people showed up, and and, and the place was packed. So. You know, they, they want to see – look at the Suns. There was no one going to Suns games until the last couple of years. Now the Suns are the hot ticket in town. So that's the reason why I, I really worry about the Coyotes. Like, that, you know, after this lease ends with this new new arena, okay, but if they aren't winning by that point or they, you know, go up to a new arena and then they still aren't winning, well, then, you know, at some point they're just going to have to leave because you can't you, – you just can't – unless you're an original six team like the Hawks were able to just kind of stay afloat and, hell, they were – allegedly losing a hundred million dollars during the dark years where they, you know, had 5,000 people a night, but they're an original 16. They're not going anywhere. If you're a team like the Arizona Coyotes, you can't stay afloat having 5,000 fans, no matter how good or bad your team is, you know, after you get out of an arena that only holds 5,000. So there's there's things that are going to changes are going to have to be made. And I think the biggest change, not just also the product on the ice, obviously you want to want to have a winner on the ice, but the fans mentality are got to change too. Oh, if you want to see this team stick around, come out to the game. The diehards, yeah, yeah, and, and the concern how how are you going to get players to sign there over the next three years? And you know they're right. going to have a top, they're going to have a top two or three pick in the draft, and you're going to have a guy going there, and this is where you're, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I things work out, but it's, it's going to be a. An well, I'm pretty sure it it won't be hard to get a lot of you know maybe 19, 20, 20 year old guys to you know play on the uh, campus of Arizona State University. That might actually be a little bit of a self-up, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. I, I, you might have a mix of young guys, and then you'll have older guys that they have to overpay that are just looking to ride out their career. But we kind of right, exactly right yeah. over the next three years. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, we got to wrap this up. We, I mean, Brett, I mean, thanks for being with us for over 90 minutes. I didn't think yeah. it was going to be this, but I should have known with 15 games on tap, it would be one of our longest shows this year. We usually only go an hour or so, but uh, thanks for joining us. You had your day afternoon, at least free, which was good. Uh, great stuff with Brett McLean. He'll be joining us whenever he can during the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs as well. We'll have him on a bunch more times during the playoffs, which start next week. Uh, looking forward to it. Join- We're off tomorrow. Thank goodness. You know, I've had, I've been on, I've been doing shows since 11 a.m. straight today. I was almost a three hour show before this one started. Started, and now another almost two hours here. I'm ready. For, I'm ready for a nap or something. I actually got one more coming up at 4 p.m. NBA for Pub Up. It's just nonstop today. But thank goodness I'm off tomorrow. Uh, no NBA show. There's no Ice Guys tomorrow either because there's no games. We're back Sunday noon Eastern. Sunday May 1st Stanley Cup Playoffs Preview Edition of the show. It'll be me, Andrew McGinnis, Vito. Uh, Renus Vitalins from Latvia who joins us on the weekends and Bobby Ryan, our special guest on Sunday. We're looking forward to that, uh, breaking down the Stanley Cup playoffs. we got a bunch of guests next week, the week after. Uh, we're looking forward to the Stanley Cup playoff preview shows. Lots of great hockey player perspective, which we like. That's why we bring on people that have played the game uh, on the Ice Guys show. So lots planned. We appreciate it. 140 live viewers. Hit the like button. Uh, make sure you do that. Uh, we appreciate this very much. Uh, it's been a great show. So make sure you show the, that love. Hit the like button. Before we get to best bets to wrap it up, and I'll 
Brett McLean hit the Flyers, I remember, against Nashville, Claude Giroux's final home game, the last time he was on the show with his best bets. So see if he can deliver another one for us. But DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team, get $150 in free bets if they win uh, with promo code THPN. Uh, if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still play for huge cash prizes. Uh, with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest, DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Uh, I do want to bring up Poe Buddy's Nerfix comment for Brett here. He said, where was Brett's invitation to join the night here for Arizona at the arena? Where the hell was Brett's invitation? I agree. Brett, you should have been invited to that. Yeah, must have got lost in the mail, I guess. I mean, hell, Brett, they probably could have used it on the ice for most of the season, to be honest. You know, <laughs> <Exactly>. so, <laughs> you might have been a better option than definitely some of those people that are trucking out there every night right now uh, this season. for the. It's been a tough year, though. I mean, they've been decimated uh, with injuries. That hasn't helped either uh, down the stretch. But still, I mean, they are in a massive rebuild, and it's going to take some time for sure. Uh, all right, let's wrap this up. Uh, great addition to the show today. Best bets. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bets? Yeah, I just want to make some notes on some confirmations for goalies. Spencer Martin will be starting for Vancouver uh, against Mikko Koskinen. John Gibson for uh, Anaheim against Jake Ottinger. Kapo Kakinen for the Sharks against uh, Chris Drieger for uh, uh, Seattle, which really now I really love that over quite a bit. But my uh, best bet will definitely be the draw we talked about with uh, the Coyotes. Uh, and Nashville Predators. I mean, these are two teams that have been playing tight games as of late. Uh, and like, there's not really much that, you know, Nashville, you know, can try and, and get that wild card spot solidified, but I don't think they care too much about that necessarily. And uh, we'll see what kind of tempo we get from, from the Yotes, you know, after the ceremony they're going to have and different things. And, and, you know, with it being the final game in, in this arena. But uh, I like it to go past 60 minutes and at plus 400. That's a great price. So let's go with uh, Arizona, Nashville, draw. Plus 400 is my best bet tonight. All right, there we go. Uh, Nashville, Arizona, draw plus 400. I'm, it's not my best bet, but I'm on it as well. Uh, definitely liking that Predators-Coyotes draw. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. All right, Brett McLean, great job at once again uh, for the second time for you on the ice, guys. What do you like, Brett, for a uh, best bet tonight? Um, you know what? I keep, uh, keep looking at it and it's drawing me in. I, I like uh, the Bruins on the puck line, minus one and a half. They're plus 200 against the Leafs. I think Leafs have a lot of guys sitting out. Shawgren's going to be in net. Um, I just see the Bruins coming out with a big win here tonight. Um, they're still playing for something. So um, I see them winning by a couple, and that's that's my best bet. All right, there we go. Uh, Boston Bruins minus one and a half, puck line plus 200 against Toronto uh, for Brett McLean with his best bet. My best bet is going to be it's going to be Rick Jenneret night. Top shelf where Mama hides the cookies. Yeah, Rick Jenneret. Hopefully he says that a couple of times, which means Buffalo's scored a couple of goals uh, here in the game tonight. What a wonderful career, a wonderful man. Uh, he will be missed, and I think the Sabres go all out to get a win in his final call tonight, in his final 
a game and final home game of the season for the Sabres as well. Buffalo minus 125 uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, that is going to be my best bet uh, for this Friday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. And thanks again to uh, Brett McLean for joining us. He'll be back during the playoffs with us as well. Uh, a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, Download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Brett McLean, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We're off tomorrow. Thank goodness, but we are back on Sunday, noon Eastern. Ice Guys Stanley Cup playoff preview show. Bobby Ryan, our special guest. Don't you dare miss it. We'll be back on Sunday. Ice Guys playoff preview show presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.